I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Welcome back, everyone. Final segment of Inside Sources today here on KSL News Radio. It's great to be with you. I am Boyd Matheson. If, you, if you've missed any of the show today, uh, you definitely want to go back. You can go to kslpodcast.com, check out Inside Sources, or wherever you get your podcasts. And just some fascinating conversations today. If you missed our uh, back and forth with Joseph Grinney and Mo Egan from the Other Side Academy, uh, who are launching uh, in connection with uh, Salt Lake City, Mayor Mendenhall, uh, the Other Side Village. Uh, which is a new way, a different way uh, to look at solving the issue of those facing homelessness. And it's not just about uh, putting up structures. Uh, It's not just having tiny homes and a roof over your head, although that's so important and it provides so many things. Uh, But it's about being part of a community and part of a village and part of a culture uh, with strong values and work ethic uh, where people know that they're going to provide for themselves uh, and work together to achieve common goals and to lift each other. It's it's an extraordinary thing. It is the Utah model at its finest, uh, doing things uh, the Utah way. Uh, doesn't require government funding, uh, but it requires a whole host of individuals who are willing to step up and say, I'm in, uh, all in. And so often when we look at these kinds of things uh, in our communities and in our country and in our individual lives, for that matter, or in our, our businesses, our occupations, we often hit that moment where we, we feel like we hit the brick wall. We've all experienced that. You feel like you're doing well on something. Maybe you're working on a goal to lose some weight or you're working on a promotion or you're trying to deliver something for your community. And then you just hit that brick wall. And it's an interesting phenomenon. Uh, most people stop at the brick wall and say, ah, it was too hard, ah, too challenging, ah, I knew it wasn't going to work, and they they throw up their hands and, and walk away and stay wherever they are or become content uh, or they numb themselves enough to where they don't care that they aren't achieving what they think they can or what the possibilities show. And I, I'm one of those who firmly believes that brick walls are actually there on purpose. <laughs> They're there for two reasons, really. One, they allow us to prove how badly we want things and those walls serve to keep out those who don't want it bad enough. It's sort of the uh, the real test. Uh, it seems to me that it's a uh, a law of nature that the the moment you commit to a, a new challenging or exciting path or some big goal, uh, everything breaks loose, obstacles pile up, uh, all kinds of things go wrong. And when I was doing executive coaching, and I did this for a number of years, worked with a a lot of executives, uh, a lot of CEOs and presidents of large organizations, salespeople, people from all walks of life. 
but I was really helping them through a 12-week process to figure out their goals, their purpose, what they wanted to accomplish. And it was inevitable that once they got going and started making some progress, they hit a wall. They hit a brick wall. And I got quite accustomed to to watching this play out. And I'll, I'll never forget one morning, uh, one of my clients, uh, he was the president of a, a, a Fortune 500 company and was really working on transforming things within his work and his career, his family. And he called me up on the phone and he said, Boyd, my life is falling apart. It's unraveling. What is going on? I said, well, tell me what, what's happening. And he, he proceeded to just list off everything that went wrong. Uh, a shipping problem with a, a critical order for a crucial customer just fell apart and fell through. Uh, he had problems at home. He had problems in his community. His car blew a tire. Uh, it just was on and on and on and on. And so I, I listened as he rattled off just this litany of things that were going wrong in his life. Uh, he finished by saying, I don't know what's wrong. My life's a mess. And the moment he stopped, I said, that is fantastic. That is so great. And he said, Boyd, are you, did you listen to a thing I said? I just told you my life's falling apart, all these problems, all these challenges. And I said, no, that's fantastic. It proves that you're on the right path. You just hit the brick wall. This is just a test. And that's always been my experience. When you're, when you're trying to change something significant, uh, that is not the path of least resistance you're on. Uh, it's clearly the road less traveled. And I, I think the road less traveled contains at least one big wall, if not several, to test, to see if you're really serious about it, and to keep those out who aren't. But you have to be ready for that. It can be jarring. It can be discouraging and frustrating. Uh, it's easy to just, you know, throw up your hands and say, oh, you know, forget it. I knew it wasn't going to work. But when you push your way through, when you bust through the brick wall, uh, then you really gain some momentum uh, because you've become fully committed. And all kinds of opportunities, all kinds of resources, all kinds of connections begin to emerge as you break through that wall. And so as you do that, uh, one, it's a warning. Be prepared. If you're going to do something big out there, just be prepared. There will be a brick wall test to see if you're serious. And then what are you going to do? Uh, that's the real challenge. Because the other thing that we find, again, whether we're trying to solve a big problem, uh, whether that's through our community, whether that's in a business, whether that's tag teaming uh, with government and its role in solving some of these things, uh, we have to make sure that we're, we're getting a combination of things. Uh, one of my favorite quotes uh, is from The Art of War, and it says, strategy without tactics is the slowest route to victory. But tactics without strategy is just the noise before defeat. Okay, so noodle on that one a little bit this afternoon. Strategy without tactics is just the slowest route to victory takes a long time uh, because you have to have the tactics. You have to do the little things to, to get it all done. But tactics without strategy is just the noise before defeat. And I can't tell you how many businesses and organizations I've been inside 
that was all tactics all the time. A lot of motion, a lot of commotion, but not a lot of forward movement. And so it is just the noise before defeat. And so when it comes to to winning in business, in life, in politics, in, in any area, uh, you got to have that important connection between strategy and tactics. Uh, you can't just have big vision uh, and not do anything, nor can you be so obsessed on just doing tactics that you don't have any vision or strategy. You have to combine the two. And when you combine the two, that's when you can actually break through that brick wall and actually get some things done. So strategy and tactics uh, will help you to have real impact, real results, and enable you to move forward in a positive way, in a significant way, whatever you're working on, individually, community, uh, or for the country. Uh, We have to have a combination of these things, and we have to be willing to push through and to recognize that, yes, government has a role, but in the end, community solutions are always going to be best. Watch the other side village. It is the Utah model in action. Great things ahead. Uh, Watch for that. Thanks for joining us today on Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. I'm Boyd Matheson. And as always, as you go out into the world today, see something that inspires, say something that uplifts, and do something that'll make a difference. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.